You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of the show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> I think the Washington football team has no chance of winning this game. We're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers here. They have a trio of wide receivers. That is frightening. But I don't think you have the bodies to cover Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, as well as Eric Ebron, a real red zone threat at tight ends. I love the Washington football team, and I think we win this game by at least three points. Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, we got to keep some kind of integrity on the NFC East feast, bro. Come on. You cannot. We'll see, pick- bro. We'll see. All right, Brian, how would you like to deal with this? I don't really want to come too hard on you right now. Um, it is what it is. I think the people have heard what you've said. All them feasters out, out there. Appreciate y'all tuning in. I really do. And as you know, Brian was pretty ignorant, arrogant, you know, typical Cowboys fan. And I'm curious to see what he has to say now after he said last week. I don't got a lot to say. Um, I'm surprised I'm even here. If you remember, I said if the Washington football team beat the Pittsburgh Steers, I was going to skip the pot. But I showed up today, and I'm eating my big bowl of humble pie. I was wrong last week. I was wrong on a lot of things. I said it was going to be unlucky week 13, that the NFC East was going to go 0-4. Not only did they not go 0-4, they actually went two and four, two of the biggest upsets, not just in this division, but probably of the entire season. And it it starts with the Monday night football game. We got we to gotta pick that up. The Washington football team beat the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. I know Larry Zonka and the 1972 Dolphins are all toasting to you guys for ending that undefeated season. And I got to give it up to you, man. Got to give it up to Ron Rivera and that coaching staff. Chase Young and those boys in that defense and the comeback player. Other, other than the obvious, what was the biggest surprise to you about that game? Biggest surprise to me is if you would have told me that Terry McLaurin was going to have two catches for 14 yards, Antonio Gibson was going to injure himself in the first quarter, I believe it's a turf toe, and not return, and the Washington football team would not register a sack on Ben Roethlisberger, I would have been just as ignorant as I was last week and said the Pittsburgh Steelers win that game 38-3. to But all of those things really happened. Scary Terry shut down. Gibson gets hurt. You guys don't record a sack, be it the Washington football team, because that's what y'all are apparently. The team rallied, and you guys had to come from behind win in prime time in Pittsburgh. I'm impressed, man. I am very impressed. Kudos to you. Um, I want to let you have your moment and uh, stand on your soapbox and – it's the biggest win for you guys in a long time. 
No, it was a huge win. And I know a lot of people on the pod or listening to the pod don't give a shit about the Washington football team, but I do. And I remember at a time, actually, uh, just recently, year after year, probably since RG, I would say probably since RG3, I've been uh, most excited recently. And it's been, what, six, how many years since RG3? At least six, maybe six, seven seasons, yeah. Six or seven seasons. So since that season, it's been rough. And I know it's been rough for a lot of people, the Cowboys. Philly, obviously not. But the Cowboys and the Giants fans out there understand where you're coming from, where you're no longer excited about Sunday. You're just trying to get through Sunday. And I'm no longer trying to get through a Washington football game. And I always look for, I'm going to be looking forward to these next few weeks. And it, and, it, and it feels good to finally feel like my team gives a fuck, excuse my language. And they want to go work for their coach, Ron Rivera. They got young cats on that team. Ron came in there, dude. He didn't accept the players for who they were when he got there. He's like, yo, you all ain't my guys. So y'all better prove to me what you can do on this field. Shout out to Dwayne who did not prove it. Correct. Shout out to shout out to making that decision, bro. You know, that's not his guy. He goes with Alex. Alex is doing his thing, manages games. As you said, pre-pod, you said that he put up almost 300 yards passing. You know, he doesn't do it every week, but when he needs to do it, he does it. And I did say that last week that I expected a lot out of Alex. I thought it'd be his breakout game. You know, the story around Alex Smith, the story around these guys like Cam Sims out of Bama, dude. Roll tide. Undrafted, undrafted guy. Guy's been there for two or three years, injury prone, this and that. Everyone wanted to root for the guy. He's the most popular guy on the team now, Cam Sims is. You could tell. Absolute. Uh, he had that probably the biggest catch of the game, right, in the fourth quarter that uh, that put you guys in position to uh, to go ahead and take the lead in that game. And I said this to you earlier, um, the shot that I saw when Cam makes that catch, and I see Chase Young sprinting down the sideline to congratulate him. And I see Ryan Kerrigan jump off the bench to come up and slap him on the helmet. You can tell there's some real camaraderie here, man. That That's a real football team. Um, you know, no pun on, on, on that at all. Cam Sims Absolutely. had a hell of a game. He had, I think, over 90 yards. Someone else I want to shout out, man, is um, the best quarterback converted to tight end I can remember in some time. Logan Thomas had almost a hundred yard touchdown, man. That guy really has came along in quickly. I thought um, that experiment moving him to tight end was going to take a year or two. He is already a, I'd say a, a above average tight end in this league. You know, by, by no means not setting the world on fire, but he's a playmaker out there for Alex. So you guys got some weapons. And even, uh, like I said earlier, scary Terry McLaurin, two catches for 14 yards. And the offense still found a way to move the ball without him and Gibson. Very impressive. Yeah, no, and, and and what you really notice and what I noticed is I haven't been extremely happy with Scott Turner, you know, the first five or six weeks of the season with his play calling. But being down 14 to nothing and creating plays and 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 opening the ball up to guys like Cam Sims and relying on these types of players, I really gotta give credit to to Scotty. Uh it's funny, I was listening to I don't I don't know if you remember the 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 Redskins player Brian Mitchell, number 30. Running back, yeah, yeah, I remember. Running back, yeah. So he was on a pod and he was talking about how much he used to pick on Scotty Turner when he was a kid, uh, when Norv Turner was obviously the coach. And he's like, man, I used to always give Scotty a hard time. I used to throw him in the dryer, which, you know, I guess back then was cool. Uh, but dangerous. Yeah, sounds pretty dangerous. But he gave him credit, man. Scott Turner turned it around. He really opened up the playbook a little bit. And I'm, I, I was worried about Scott going forward. 
but I'll give it to him. He uh, he really showed up. And if any, if I could give anybody the play, the the game ball of this game, it would it would more than likely be Cam Sims though, because I think he stepped up and in peak you know peak positions. That one hand catch, I know a lot of people saw that out there. It was an absolute beast catch. He's just he's he's been good for us and uh, he's been consistent. Obviously, the defensive line only rushing for the entire time, other than I think one blitz was impressive yes no sacks as brian said as brian stated before but the pressure was on ben we all saw it he had to get the ball out uh our dbs were playing press playing really well darby played well kendall fuller played all right uh, but we had a lot of guys like cameron curl step up cole hulkman step up uh deron Payne, absolute beast game shut down the b and c cap the pretty much the entire game he was he was throwing double teams off him it was monster he's been showing out man he's really been showing out chase young montez sweat I don't, I don't need to get into those guys those guys are causing you know reckless abandon back in the back by ben and uh overall man it's got it like you said man great team win Absolutely two, great team win. Two plays I want to call out by those guys you just mentioned. Chase Young stuffing Benny Snell at the goal line on the fourth down play. Quite possibly, if not for Cam Sims, um, one-handed catch, the biggest play of the game. Huge play by Chase right there. And I don't blame uh, Mike Tomlin for going over and, and looking at him and saying, I don't lose enough games to get guys that look like you. That was a pretty cool um, sound by the NFL picked up. And um, also Montez Sweat, which, which I'm going to patent the term the, the Sweat Swat. He did it on Thanksgiving against my boy Andy Dalton, and he did it against Big Ben Roethlisberger, and John Bosta got that pick, which set up the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, George. He's been very, very rough on Dustin Hopkins, but he's the player of the week, three for three on field goals, including a 49-yarder that put y'all ahead. So give Dustin his props. I'm really glad you said that, B, because I deserve that. And and I really appreciate you, Dustin Hopkins, going out there and showing out. You've been consistent all year last year and the year before. So it was getting frustrating to see my team, you know, do decent and and you miss kicks. I was like, you want to miss kicks now, bro? <laughs> you know, so so no, shout out to Dustin Hopkins, special teams, NFC East player of the week. Player of the week. He nice. Nice. He deserves it. He deserves it. But, but thank you. Victory. Thank you for, for explaining and, and dicta- dictating that game so elegantly. And I appreciate, uh, you know, the humbled response to your arrogant statement. Hey, man, when, when I'm wrong, which is um, unfortunately more often than not on this podcast, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. Something that I was correct about, though, if you, and you, you, you want to listen to the tape last week talking about how I'm talking to Steelers, why don't you play the tape when I broke down the Dallas Cowboys and Baltimore Ravens? Because I said Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards were going to run all over us. Guess what? I was right. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just saying you know what you know, though. You know what I mean? You know. <laughs> I, know I know a bad defense when I see one, and that is Mike Nolan and those 11 clowns that he rolls out every week. What's sad is that the Baltimore Ravens rushed for 294 yards. Now, in most teams' cases, that would be by far their worst performance of the year. But no, my Dallas Cowboys gave up 309 yards rushing to the Cleveland Browns. So this comes in second place. But it was embarrassing, man. As always, the Cowboys hung in there for a little bit and gave me a little bit of false hope. Uh, Darian Thompson had a first-quarter interception of Lamar Jackson, um, which gave us a little momentum. But uh, Greg Zerline went on to miss one of his three field goals that he missed. Terrible, Greg the Leg. I've had your back 
unlike George having his kickers back. But I'm about to get on get on that kicker hating uh, fuel myself. So Greg the leg dropped the ball, but I'm not going to blame it on the kicker. He's not the reason that we lost. The defense um, being completely inept is the reason that we lost. If you saw on Lamar Jackson's 37 yard rushing touchdown. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch get caught looking in the backfield and completely leave the gap wide open. We brought a safety down in the box for some reason. No so, one was even near no, him. No, no one was. I near was him. curious. I was like, "What? What is going on?" I mean, it was it was a fourth and one, so I guess I get bringing the safety down. But like even even Lamar's fake, he did it in front of the running back. So it's like you should clearly see that he's pulling that ball back. Nobody did, and especially Leighton Vander Esch after the game, he. He put it on himself saying that was on me. No shit, dude. We all saw the tape. It was clearly on you. But that play was just a microcosm of the entire game. Uh, our old number 28, Daryl Worley, we cut him. We got a new number 28, uh, Reggie Robinson, a rookie out of Tulsa. And he got burnt just as bad as old Daryl Worley did um, on the Hollywood Brown touchdown. It was just a bad game, man. Um, what's unfortunate is in the first half, Ezekiel Elliott, who I've been pretty harsh on, had 10 carries for 53 yards. We were running the ball well. But we just went away from it in the second half. Zeke ended up with like 77 yards, like 90 total. We were moving the ball with Zeke. Um, Andy was dinking and dunking, though. No downfield threat at all. So there was really no pressure on Baltimore. I mean, just let let all those little underneath routes play out in front of them. And that, that, that's the story of the game. Uh, we, we end up losing 34-17. to 17. By the time the third quarter rolled around, there, we really weren't in the game. But it's another were disappointing loss. Were you surprised about that fourth quarter, like 50 yard field goal try? I thought that was a bit strange. I thought you were down by how, I don't know how much you were down by, but at the time I was like curious on why you're kicking the field goal there. Yeah. I think even if he would have made the field goal, we're still down by more than two scores. I'm not really sure, but that's just, I mean, put that on, on the plethora of things that Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I know. I just thought it was kind of like a little sellout move. Like I'm just trying to get close type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, maybe maybe Mark Mike McCarthy had the uh, plus seven. I'm not I'm not quite sure what was going on. But if anybody took the Cowboys plus seven, you damn sure lost that bet. Uh, but that's that's it. I'm I'm disgusted. Um, but at the end of the day, um, if we would have won that game, we're still only one game out of first, and it's like that false hope reignites again. I'd rather take the loss, secure me a top five draft pick, yeah. and uh, you know, let's move on to, to the off season. And let's move on from the Dallas Cowboys, man. You, you got anything else to add on this game? I, I'm, I'm disgusted. No, I honestly don't. Um, we can move on to uh, that 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 Giant Seahawks game, man. Let's get into that a little bit. The the I mean, technically, the based on points, that was the biggest upset of the weekend because Seattle was ten point favors, where Pittsburgh was only like eight and a half against you guys. I still think you guys in the the perfect season was probably a bigger upset. But Colt McCoy leading the New York Giants into Seattle to beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. That is impressive, man. Uh, it wasn't because, of, I mean, Colt game managed it. Uh, you did say last week um, that, you know, Colt steps up in big spots. He didn't exactly let the world on fire, only threw the ball for 105 yards. Um, can we go where Brian was right again? Because last week I did say that Wayne Gallman had taken that backfield by the reins, and Wayne Gallman rushed for 135 yards, man. So behind, that. behind Wayne Gallman, um, that's that's how they won that game, playing good defense and playing physical running football. Uh, Alfred Morris actually did vulture the two touchdowns. He got a carry inside the 10-yard line as well as a six-yard dump pass. So Alfred got in the end zone, but it was Wayne Gallman's 135 yards that really led the way for the Giants. But I want to highlight that New York Giants defense, man. Uh, I believe they had five sacks in that game. Um, two and a half of those sacks came from the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, which is Leonard Williams. 
Leonard Williams and those boys up front along with uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. They were getting pressure all day. Russell Wilson was under duress. And because of that, Russell Wilson turned the ball over twice. Colt McCoy only turned the ball over once. So if you'd have told me that Russell was going to have more uh, turnovers than Colt McCoy, I said you were smoking something. But Russ, uh, they forced a fumble on him, and he, as well as he threw a pick. Uh, Jabril Peppers, once again, coming in from his safety spot, had a sack. Those two guys, uh, Jabril Peppers and Leonard Williams, lead me into a where Brian was wrong. Because if you remember, uh, the first time we did our Hero Zero of the Week, way back in like week two, I gave David Gettleman, the New York Giants general manager, the Zero of the Week. Mm -hmm. David Gettleman has actually done some things very, very nice on this team. Those two guys, who both should be in the Pro Bowl, I'll add, Jabril Peppers and Leonard Williams, those were guys that Dave Gettleman traded for. When he traded Odell, they got Jabril Peppers, and he got Leonard Williams from the Jets. And he also drafted Daniel Jones, which people were very critical of. So as, as time goes on, and his, his also his hire of Joe Judge, people were kind of like, what? Special teams coach from New England? Um, but they, their defensive coordinator, I believe his name is Patrick Graham. He's also from the Belichick coaching tree. So him along with Joe Judge, man, they got this defense playing fierce. I got nothing but respect for the team that I think is going to win the NFC East, the New York football Giants. Yeah, I mean, I want to ask you a question about the winner of the NFC East division. Now, do you think the winner, and do you think possibly even the wild card has a chance in the first round of the playoffs? Let's say, well, there will be no wild card, let's be real. But let's say the Redskins or the Giants right. get to the playoffs and play the Seahawks. Do you see them possibly winning that game after watching last week's Seahawks-Giants game? 100%. Oh, clearly. If that's I think the, so, too. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, that if that's the if team. That's the matchup. Like, the Rams are playing right now, so I think the Rams win this game. They'll, them and Seattle are toggling back and forth for first place. So if the Rams were to win that division and Seattle's a wild card team and they have to go to New York, and all of a sudden, like, oh, it's like New York's got Daniel Jones back, and we already know we can beat these guys. Absolutely. Or let's flip it and say the Washington football team um, gets that home game. And a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, along with Tom Brady, come to town. Tampa Bay, as, as, as much as I would strongly favor them in that game, as I'm sure Vegas would, Tampa Bay's had some letdowns this year. So I think that the NFC East champion has a good chance of winning one playoff game and being competitive on the road um, in the divisional round. I, I don't think by any means, because um, clearly this is a two-team race now, which I think is kind of funny, because I know that you would probably even have to admit this, George. If we went back to week one, I think most people, including the NFC East feasters here, would say this division is going to come down to the Cowboys and the Eagles. And those are the two teams that are shitting the bed. It's, so it's definitely going to come down to the other two teams, the Giants and the Washington football team. And either of those teams who are tied at 5-7 and seven right now, I like the Giants because they have the tiebreaker pretty much. I'm not saying that they're going to win more games than you guys. I think you guys both end up with 6 or 7 wins and the Giants um, get, that, get that division crown. But either team is going to be a hell of an out for whatever NFC wildcard team has to go to our division champion. It is upsetting that we don't have another game against the Giants. It was two great hard-fought games that we played against them. And, and unfortunately, we got L's in both those games. Um, but I wish that we had another game coming up. And I think both these teams have, have excelled immensely since week five, week season, uh, six of the season. It's it's crazy to see these teams now from where they were when they started. And you got to admit to that, B. Oh, dude, it, it, absolutely. You know, these teams have gotten better week after week. And I think there, there's no secret to, to their success. I mean, it's the head coaches. 
Ron Rivera, guys who's proven it, um, and, and Joe Judge, a guy, who, a guy who hasn't proven it, but he is proving that he's the real deal. So going forward, um, those organizations are in good hands. I cannot say the same for my Dallas Cowboys or a team that we're going to talk about right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, who suffered another loss, um, this one uh, to the hands of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I don't want to get on the Eagles too hard. I mean, I know uh, Rodgers diced him up. Devontae Adams had like 10 catches for a buck 20 and two touchdowns. But Devontae's been doing that to the entire league. But the first I forget half, about the Eagles sometimes, bro. I'll be honest with you, man. Forget about them? Well, yeah. well the Eagles fans are, are maybe uh, going to uh, quickly forget about Carson Wentz because in the third quarter of this game Segway. started, Segway, uh, Jalen Hurts was under center for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was able to do something that Carson Wentz wasn't able to do in the first half. He got the Eagles in the end zone. He threw a touchdown pass um, to Greg Ward. And then our rookie Jalen Rager actually took a punt, like 84 yards for a touchdown. Very nice down the sideline. So with like two or three minutes left in this game, uh, the Eagles were only down by one score. Um, Aaron Jones ended up having a 77-yard run. I love Aaron Jones. That boy's nasty for Green Bay. Um, Aaron Jones uh, busts off a long run, which sealed the victory for Green Bay. But it was a pretty ugly game for Philadelphia. But at least the offense showed signs of life. And uh, now, as we uh, look forward to week 14, I, I saw, I'm sure everyone saw. Uh, Doug Peterson announced that Jalen Hurts is going to be starting that game. So the Philadelphia Eagles now have a $135 million backup quarterback. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it was interesting. That did you? I, I, I sense the team move a little bit faster, uh, work a little bit harder when Jalen was in there. I don't know if you noticed that, but I did a little bit. I know that his first few drives weren't the greatest. He threw a couple good balls downfield, um, gave it a little bit more spark than Carson did. I think that he showed enough uh, to, to, to go ahead and lead that team the next week, don't you think? Oh, for sure. No, I think it's the yeah. right decision um, because you got to figure it out. You have to figure it out, man. Um, if 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 these next four or five games, the last quarter of the season, if Jalen Hurts plays well, then you know there's going to be conversations this off season of should we should we move Carson Wentz in that big contract, which is going to be hard to move. <laughs> but yeah, bro. But I mean, you got to figure it out now because they weren't going anywhere with Carson Wentz. But if Jalen Hurts comes in, Jalen Hurts is going to struggle this week. Let's talk, let's talk about this game first and foremost. But going forward, we have to see what you have in Jalen Hurts because you you, you um, drafted him in, at the top of the second round. So clearly, they they saw something in him. This week is not going to be the week, though. Uh, they're uh, playing the Saints. Saints have one of the best defenses in the league. So uh, th that's going to be struggle struggle bus for 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 Jalen. Jalen might be back too. I think. Say that again. I'm sorry. Breeze might be back too, I believe. Breeze might be back. I think it's yeah. still going to be Taysom. But yes, Breeze, Breeze is questionable for this game. But I don't think it matters who plays quarterback for the Saints. I think it's more about the struggle of quarterback. It's going to be for that rookie playing in his first start against Demario Davis. I love the linebacker for the Saints. Uh, Cameron Jordan, one of the best sack artists in the league, is going to be in his face all day. And the Eagles, they just can't even run the football anymore. I'm a big fan of Miles Sanders, but I think he had like 30 yards last week. For some reason, Doug Peterson just will not commit to the run, which would really help out whoever's under center for them. But they refuse to do it. Uh, their weapons are subpar at best. And their defenses bend, don't break. They, you know, so unless they make big plays, which they haven't been doing this season, it's going to be an ugly game for, for them uh, playing against the Saints, who I believe are on an eight-game winning streak, the number one seed in the NFC. So I got the Saints winning that game. I'm not. I won't say big, but double digits. I'll go Saints 31, Eagles 17. So yeah, Saints pretty big. I guess. How you see it going? I think it's it's the biggest lock of the game or biggest lock of the week. 
I agree. In the NFL. I, I, I don't see, I really don't see Philly even being competitive in this game with, with, uh, with Taysom Hill and either him or Drew Bees or, or, bro, or both. Um, I just think, like you said, their defense is going to get a lot of pressure on Hurts. And it, let's be real, it's his first time out there being a starter. There's going to be nerves there. Guys getting paid a lot of money. And he doesn't really have a lot of veteran leadership right now. I mean, who the hell wants to be with the Eagles at a 35-year-old you know, man playing for an awful Philadelphia Eagles team and there's no fans there? Yeah. I, I, when you say, like, just in general nature of the NFL, like, now that you have a losing record and you know you're out of the playoffs, is it's got to be tough to be playing these borderline scrimmage games at the end of the NFL year and, and risking energy in, injury, I feel like you're going to see more and more veterans come out, especially those with losing records. Don't you think? I agree, man. Um, I believe it was Fletcher Cox who came out. He's a veteran for the Eagles. And strangely enough, he came out and supported Carson Wentz this week, which was like weird. Like I, was it his way of saying the coaching staff is making the wrong decision to stick with Carson? But that was his quote that stuck out to me that I still believe in Carson. It's not all of his fault. You know, we take this on as a team. But Fletcher, buddy, if you put on the tape, man, a lot of this is on the shoulders of number 11. But we'll see if Jalen Hurts. um, Jalen in college coming out, he reminded me a lot of Dak. I think they have similar bodies. Um, Jalen's a a little bit better of an athlete. um, But I I believe their downfield throwing is very, uh, very similar. But maybe he'll have the similar success to Dak Prescott had his rookie season. I doubt it. I think it's going to be a, a, a bad week in the city of brotherly love. Speaking of bad weeks, let's talk about my Dallas Cowboys, who I think are due for a bounce back. We've had some bad weeks. Hey, now. We get a get-right game playing a team who is just equally as awful as us, the Cincinnati Bengals. And what's interesting mm. about this game is uh, both these teams right now have three wins. The Bengals have a tie on their record against the Eagles um, to uh, bring that full circle. But we're jocking right now for those like three, four, five draft positions. So I'd kind of like it if we just went full tank mode and lost to the Bengals so we can move ahead of them in that in that draft. But I don't think that's going to happen uh, because although we're on a backup quarterback with Andy Dalton, their backup quarterback is Brandon Allen, man. Um, shout out to the Washington football team for injuring Joe Burrow, you bunch of jerks. But with Brandon Allen um, in there, Joe Mixon, the running back, is out. There's not much there, man. And as bad as our defense is, is I believe we'll hang in there with them. We might allow a couple touchdowns. But I think this is a revenge game for the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, returning to Cincinnati. So I think this game, um, although the rest of the country doesn't give two shits about it. I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think how much I don't care. Like, I'm trying to think about things to talk about with this game. But it is a mis- Cowboys Bengals. Yes. That dude, it will be by oh. the lowest viewed game maybe this season. I don't even know if people in Cincinnati and Dallas are going to watch it. You know me. I'm a loyal fan. I'm going to watch this game. Because I think gonna, we're going to get one of our few wins in this game. This game means a lot to Andy Dalton. I guarantee it. I guarantee when they moved off of him and drafted Joe Burrow, he wasn't too happy about it. And I think he's going to come into Cincinnati with a chip on his shoulder. Um, I said earlier, we actually ran the ball decent with Ezekiel Elliott last week. He did miss practice today with a calf, but regardless of whether Zeke's 100%, I think um, him and Tony Pollard are going to run the ball well. Uh, we actually, the offensive line held up against Baltimore. Uh, we only gave up one sack against the Ravens. So the, the, our, our patchwork O-line actually came together. I think they will continue to play well and will run the ball well against Cincinnati, get a victory. Um, they have, I believe, William Jackson, a corner for them, is is pretty good corner. So whether he's locked up on Coop or Gallup or CD, I see the other two receivers having a good game. I see the Dallas Cowboys finally 
We're about to be in Christmas, picking up our fourth win of the season. I'll go Cowboys 27 to 13. How do you see my Cowboys faring? I like the boys in this game. I think the receivers are too much for Bengals DBs. I think Andy Dalton, as you know, is is fired up about this game. And, you know, I see him throwing a couple of touchdowns, maybe a couple of mistakes, uh, maybe he throws a pick here and there. But I still see this game. I see him scoring. I see Zeke scoring. I see I see this game 34 to 21 uh, Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we've, we've got the garbage of the NFC East uh, finally off of our plate. Let's go to the two teams who are tied for first place. One of those being your Washington football team, taking that long flight out to San Francisco, where the Niners are, I think, are a three or three and a half point favorite. Pretty disrespectful, considering the Washington football team's coming off two huge wins in prime time against my Cowboys and ending the Steelers' perfect season. But I want to let you dive into this game, man. This is, I mean, this is, I'm jealous of you. I want you to know that. Just knowing that your team is playing so well as we're um, entering the last quarter of the season, you guys got a win streak, you're tied for first. Show your swag, bro. How you got to think you face against uh, the Niners? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this game because it's one of those games where you're coming back from a huge win and you don't want to get caught sleeping, right? So this is that game, and I don't see a 49ers team is not a bad team. Yeah, they've had a lot of injuries. You know, they have a great coach in, in Shanahan. They have, you know, obviously a backup quarterback in Mullins. You know, some people have been high on Mullins. He's had nine interceptions, nine touchdowns, two fumbles lost. You know, he turns the ball over a lot, so it's probably in our benefit because we do like to get that ball, B, as you know. Um, so so it, it does tie into, you know, our, our defense should show some some strength here. And as long as we dominate the line of scrimmage with Deron Payne, John Allen, those backers fill their gaps with Cole Holcomb and John Bostick. I also think Kendall Fuller needs to have a you know little bit step back a little bit, look in the mirror and get 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 your boy a pick, man. Because I don't know if he's leading the league in picks anymore. And I know B just wants me to hear us say it again, but I don't think he is leading the league in picks anymore. I got that stat for you, Xavier Howard. Shout out to Xavier Howard and the Dolphins D. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to this game. I, I know that it's 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 set up for for Washington football team to lose this game, and it is it is kind of crazy that the 49ers are favored so much, and, and it just makes me curious on what Vegas is thinking because I honestly always kind of I know Vegas is smart, and if they're giving the 49ers starting out, they gave them four and a half points. Now they're down to three points. But if they gave the 49ers three points, they did it for reason. Now, I just hope that Ron Rivera can can get his troops together so they're not sleeping and they're they're stepping in the gas pedal right away. Alex Smith, you know, hopefully Terry gets a little bit more involved this game. Cam Sims continues the strength that he's showing out there. I think that the offensive line has been looking pretty solid. Really, actually really solid matching the matching the defensive line. Um, it's It's been really great to see. Antonio Gibson will not be playing with turf toe. I he's see up, Peyton yeah. Yeah, he's, he's out. I, I see Peyton Barber stepping up in this game a little bit. He does get those tough yards. He's not the best athlete. He's not the best back. J.D. McKissick will get his 10 to 11 receptions, and you know B. Wills loves that on his fantasy team. So, PR, it, baby. <laughs> so it's going to be a solid game. It, it Honestly, I see this game being really entertaining, 
And, and I'm looking forward to watching it. As I said, as a fan, I'm finally looking forward to watching my team play. And I know I hate saying it to be because I know he's not looking forward to this. Actually, this week, he said he might be looking forward to this game, but I think he knows what I mean. And I'm looking forward to being in, in contention for that NFC East title. And I really think if, if, if luck is on our side and we play well, I see us winning this division. Well, I, I don't know about you winning the division, but I do see you guys winning this game. As we talked uh, about um, strange that Vegas has this line where it's at. But if you've ever been to Vegas, uh, they've built those big fancy hotels because they win a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm curious to see. But I like the Washington football team, man. You guys playing with some momentum right now. Uh, the Niners played uh, coming off a short week. And uh, they got their ass handed to them uh, by the Buffalo Bills Monday night. That's right. Alex Smith certainly isn't the caliber of quarterback that Josh Allen is. Josh Allen was slicing them and dicing them along with Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs. But I think that you guys, uh, offense is playing pretty well. Like I said, despite um, your normal guys in Gibson and McLaurin not having good weeks last week, offense still moved the ball. So I really am intrigued to see the matchup of Scary Terry and Cam Sims against the talented defensive backs of the 49ers, in particular Richard Sherman and Jason Verrett, as well as uh, Jimmy Ward, one, uh, one of their safeties. Low-key, one of the best safeties in the league, and I only know that because I listened to Richard Sherman and Chris Collinsworth podcast, and Richard Sherman said, people need to start respecting Jimmy Ward as one of the best safeties in the league. So shout out to the Niners DBs. I think they're going to give you guys some headaches. I see this as an ugly game. Um, as you called out my boy, J.D. McKissick, he had 10 catches last week against Pittsburgh. And I think you were right on with that. I think he's going to be a big weapon out of the backfield for y'all. But I think the story of this game is the Washington football defense, man. You guys are going to get some sacks this week. You didn't have any last week, but you still got constant pressure bringing four. I could see a couple blitzes with John Bostic and Cole Holcomb out of the linebacking core. And I think because this defense plays well, you guys travel well on that long flight up to the Bay Area. Washington football team comes away with another hard-earned victory. I've got Washington winning this game 23-16. to 16. I like Hail. that. I could see that. Hail, baby. Hail. Yeah, I see the game around, around yeah, I would say 20-23. to 23. I think it's going to be a close game. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this one because this just proves to me like, okay, it's one of those things where you get a big one. You're like, are we for real though? Like, are we for real? So, so this should be interesting. I will be, it would be a nail biter for me just to make sure that I'm not getting my hopes up. Cause let's be real. We all get our hopes up on this, on these type of big games like that. Um, you know, I know I think a few years ago when we beat the Packers and we beat the saints with the, with RG three early in the year where he started as a rookie, those games pop out to me. And I remember just, you know, it, it you get crushed, man. When you start believing your team hundred percent, it's, it's, it's hard to get it back in and you're always hesitant to be like, all right, this is it. This is our year. But as you know, the NFC East is a tough division to play in and to be tough to be a fan in. But yeah, I see the game about 20 to 23. Others this year, brother. But you know, I'm, I'm handling the L's well. Okay. But no, this game, you were right. This will be a good barometer of how um, good you guys actually stack up as you uh, head to the latter portion of the season. And the uh, first place team in the NFC East has another barometer game to see how well they're Barometer, actually- dude. Let's, let's stop for a second, B. Barometer. I'm loving this, dude. Thank you. Thank you. I, dude. Yeah. Oh. I, I was reading. Um, I, I'm on Hooked on Phonics, actually. And uh, that, that's really been helping me out. So, yeah, I, pre- I appreciate you um, always complimentally on, on my ever so growing vocabulary. So this barometer game that we're going to talk about and end the week on is the New York Giants hosting Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. 
And these are two teams heading in two different directions. We were all high and mighty on Kyler. He diced you guys up as well as diced up uh, my Dallas Cowboys early in the season. But the Cardinals have sunk back down to 500, man. I don't, I don't want to say the league has figured out Kyler Murray. I don't think that's it. I know the kid's actually banged up, but he's not playing nearly as well as he played. I mean, there, there was talks at the beginning of the season. He was in the MVP conversation. He's having a better season this season than Lamar Jackson had last season. Not so fast, my friends. As much as I don't think um, the league has figured out Kyler, I do think that he's come back to reality. And I want to call out his head coach a little bit. Um, and that's the young, handsome man, Cliff Kingsbury. What I'm looking gentleman, oh, really good looking guy. Do you see this house in the draft, dude? And I also have seen his ex girlfriend, Holly Saunders. Anyone who listens to this, please look up her Instagram and thank me later. Uh, but uh, <laughs> something I've noticed watching some Cardinals games recently is a lack of adjustments as the game goes on. So I'm putting that on the shoulders of Cliff Kingsbury and that coaching staff. I still think the Cardinals are, are a good football team, they're certainly um, in competition for that wild card spot. But I'm going to go with the New York football giants to continue their winning ways. I just love the way this team is set up, man. Daniel Jones, at this point, they're they're saying, as we record this on Thursday night, that he's leaning towards playing. He's, he's gotten in limited sessions in practice. They're hoping to get him a full session on Friday. So I'm going to say the Giants win this game, assuming that Daniel's under center. Because although we got to give Colt McCoy credit for winning that game in Seattle, I don't think Colt McCoy is going to put together a win streak by any means. So if Daniel comes back in this game, I think the Giants lean on my boy Wayne Gallman again in the running game. And um, Evan Ingram, who's had had a nice little stretch here, uh, gets, gets a few big catches for them. And I just need one of their receivers. Um, Darius Slayton ha- has cooled off very uh, badly these past few weeks. So I can see a big game out of him. He's due. And uh, maybe Sterling Shepard with a few catches out of the slot. But I'm going to go right back to my favorite unit in this entire division. As much as you like your Washington football defense, I love, love, love this New York football Giants defense. I've already spoken about the two guys who I think should go to the Pro Bowl, Leonard Williams and Jabril Peppers. We talked a few weeks ago about Kyle Fackrell and the linebacking core is playing well. I love Dexter Lawrence. I, I love, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name now, Tomlinson. Uh, Tomlinson, another a big body up front. I just like the way they're playing, man. I like the way this team is coached, and I think they keep this winning streak alive and keep pace with the Washington football team and move to 6-7 and seven and uh, keep the lead in this NFC East. How do you think the Giants stack up? I just got to make a point, man. It's interesting how much you're flip-flopping from week to week. No, I've been. Do I call? I've been. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said the Giants were going to lose and the team were going to lose, and now you're saying both are going to win. Okay, the past two weeks, there's a little flopping going on. But I want you all to rewind this tape back to early November. I've been on the Giants. I said that the Giants were going to win this division several weeks ago. I've been riding this train, and I'm going to keep on riding it, mainly because I just don't want you to win the division. <laughs> they're my only hope, okay? Because they're my only hope, I'm desperately clinging to my coach of the year, Joe Judge, and the New York football Giants. I can only imagine how good this team would be if Saquon Barkley was healthy. But he's not, and that doesn't matter. Giants win this game. Stay in first place. G-Man! But no, for real, do you think the Giants can uh, can beat Arizona and Kyler Murray? I, I think if the Giants hold the Cardinals to 20 or less points, they will win the game. In games where the Giants are able to hold teams to less than 20, they are 5-2. and two. Ooh, they're obviously, Yes, they're obviously 0-5 in games where they give up 21 or more points, which, kind, which is kind of nuts. Um, and as you know, they're not the most offensive dominant team 
even in the NFC East, right? I mean, they, they've they been struggling since Danny Dimes left, obviously. But even when he was there, he would run, you know, he had a great, he had, you know, 67 yards rushing every game. It's not like he was picking teams apart on the, on, you know, on the, on the DB side. He so he has gotten better not turning the ball over. Correct. Correct. And and you've made a point to state that in his, in his last few weeks when he was playing and uh, that defense is incredible, man. They, they, they match my Washington football team. I think my Washington football team has a slight better defense than they do just the intangible factor and how long we are. I will get into the amount of block passes we have. It's crazy how, how, sweat, how, sweat, sweat, sweat. Sweat, sweat, I love it. Uh, but no, back to the giants, incredible defense. I think I'd love Kyler. You know the Cardinals are six and six, man, and 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 you're right. The Giants definitely have a chance in the game. They have more the momentum, a hundred percent. I do see the Giants. Unfortunately, if Danny Dimes plays, I see them winning this game. Um, I do see them winning this game. I would say seventeen to thirteen. I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, maybe Hopkins has a couple deep deep balls, and he he changes the game. And hopefully that happens for my sake. And Kyler gets back in rhythm. Um, I don't know if Blake Martinez is necessarily going to be spying Kyler Murray, but he will need to because Kyler's desperate. I don't know if Kyler's fully healthy either. I remember a couple of weeks ago where he was limping off the field a little bit and he didn't seem to be triggered to run as much. And let's be real. He needs that threat to be a good quarterback. Unfortunately, he's a drop back guy. He can do his thing back there, but he needs his legs. So I do see, I see the Giants winning this game by three points. Yeah, I'm interested. You called out um, D Hop. I'm interested to see um, James Bradbury, a cornerback we've been high on this year, match up against uh, against Hopkins. But as always, as we wrap up our Week 14 preview, we have to shoot with Luds. Now, I'm not. I'm going to let Luds disclose the surprise. But we got You know, we wanted to throw Luds a bone. Um, right now, he's 15 and 15. He's still a 500 better. He's never fallen under 500. So Luds, be careful this week. But we wanted to let Luds do a little something different, but he's still going to pick the NFC East games for us. Jay Luds, how are you feeling going into week 14? Here we are, boys. Week 14, getting late into the season. We're starting to figure out who's good, who's bad, who's somewhere in the middle. And I'm back. The Cowboys are bad for the record. I think I'm 500 right now. We can confirm that with Brian as this goes. Correct. We got... I think he knows he's 500. Let's be real. I don't think Luds, bro. We, you know that shit's on your freaking refrigerator and your whiteboard. Get your shit together, bro. Don't act like you don't know your own record. All right. Cause if you were under 500, I don't know if you'd call the pot. If he was under 500, he would completely forget. <laughs> First game, Arizona at the New York giants, Arizona Cardinals are favored one and a half at, uh, at the New York giants. So they're away. So, the Giants have not lost more than two points since week five, and the Cardinals haven't won by more than two points since week seven. I think it's time we start taking the Giants serious and giving them some respect, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They just sacked Russell Wilson last week five times and only gave up 215 passing yards. So, very impressive with their win last week. I'm taking the Giants plus one and a half this game. Giants win 24-23 in a nail-biter. Nice. Next game, Dallas Cowboys at the Cincinnati Bengals. Dallas is favored minus three and a half on the road. So both of these teams are pretty much out of it this year. We all know that. (laughs) Unfortunately. At this point, they're playing for a better draft pick. 
Um, the Bengals are averaging just 10.8 points on offense since losing Joe Burrow and also lost their left tackle Jonah Williams to a knee injury last week. So I think the Cowboys get it done this week on the road. Dallas minus three and a half, 27-17 Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Next game, the Washington football team, team. which was <laughs> very impressive last week against the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco is favored minus three at home. So I can't figure out why the odds makers have San Francisco favored in this game, especially with no Garoppolo and no George Kittle. Washington held the undefeated Steelers to three points in the second half last week. And I'm liking their defense so much. I'm playing them in my fantasy playoff game this week. What? You notice how, how Lud sneaks it in there that he's in the fantasy playoffs. Real, yeah, real, real, real. Although I did the same thing um, last week, and I still am in the fantasy playoffs. The only thing I got going for me right now, but so is Lud. Though I digress. Washington's on an emotional high coming off that win, but I think they keep it rolling on the road. Washington plus three, twenty-four twenty. The Washington football team. Woo! Next game, New Orleans Saints at the Philadelphia last place Eagles. Eagles are, are, are um, underdogs. We got New Orleans minus seven on the road. So Jalen Hurts is getting his first start against one of the best defenses in the league. And to be honest, I'm really tired of uh, hearing about the Saints. So I'm not going to go too much further with this game. I think everyone's on the Saints bandwagon against uh, the Eagles this game. So Is Luds tired of hearing about the Saints because they swept his Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Saints minus seven. I think they do get it done. They cover the spread. 28-17 Saints. I'm going to have a new segment for the rest of the season. It's going to be called Lud's Steal of the Week. So a good friend of ours, Matty Richmond, shout out to Matt, said that I should have a Steal of the Week pick. Pick any game so he can make some money off me. So this one's for you, Matt. I hope you do take this pick this week. So the first Steal of the Week of the East Feast we're going to travel to the AFC North on a divisional game. The Baltimore Ravens face the Cleveland Browns. So Baltimore is on the road and is favored by a point. So ever since Baltimore smashed Cleveland 38-6 to in week one at home, Cleveland has gone 9-2 and while the Ravens have gone 6-5. and Cleveland's 5-1 and at home. Baltimore's 4-2 and on the road. Baltimore coming off very short rest this week and traveling. I think Cleveland's rolling. I like the way they're jumping on teams early. Cleveland's tired of being pushed around by Baltimore. I think this is a big game for them, and they're they're rolling right now. I'm taking the Browns, plus one. Browns win 25-23. Book it. Book it. As always, appreciate you guys having me on. Have a good one, boys. Talk to you next week. I hope you guys did hear our new segment, the J. Ludd Steal of the Week. So bet those four NFC East games and bet Cleveland plus points. That's actually the Monday night football game, Baltimore versus Cleveland. So thank you very much, J. Ludd. Thank you, George, as always, for being the best partner a guy could ask for. And thank you for all for listening to the NFC East. Food.